0: When a physician gives a blood test order and says, go get your blood test done, about 40% of the people just don't go do it. That implies about 50% of the population
1: over time is walking around with a chronic condition they weren't aware of. Welcome to the AWS Health Innovation Podcast, where you can learn from entrepreneurs and investors who are driving progress in healthcare and life science around the globe. Welcome back to the AWS Health Innovation Podcast. I'm Alex Merwin. Imagine the next time you visit your GP that you don't have to get blood drawn and return to hear about your results a few days later. You fill out your intake form and a medical technician takes just eight drops of blood, then a full suite of blood tests is completed in the clinic in just 30 minutes. When you meet your doctor, they have these results on hand, enabling a more streamlined care experience. Today, we welcome Jay Srinivasan, the CEO of Truvian Sciences, to the show. Truvian is working to transform blood diagnostics, a space made infamous by Therados, but they're doing it in a completely different way. I love this episode because Truvian is a true scientific innovator, and we learn more about what they're doing to define the art of the possible, blending worlds between bits and atoms, and ultimately delivering a magical patient and clinician experience. But enough from me, let's introduce you to Jay. Jay Srinivasan, the Chief Executive Officer at Truvian. Thanks a lot for joining me for the podcast. Where are you joining me from today? I'm actually in San Diego, California. Okay. And where are you from originally? How long have you been in San Diego?
0: I've been in San Diego now for three years as part of Truvian, but I've been in Chicago prior to that. I was uh, at Abbott.
1: You probably don't miss those winters.
0: I don't. It's good to be in a place where you can deterministically predict weather
1: well, thanks a lot for joining me today. Today, we're going to learn a little bit more about Truvian's story and technology, but maybe we can just kick off. Can you introduce us to Truvian and what you all do? Absolutely. So at
0: Truvian, we are a blood diagnostic company, and our mission is to bring central lab testing near patients. So we want to bring the central lab, which is like the Quest and the lab LabCorp's of the world in the United States and other labs across the world. We want to bring them near patient,
1: implying we could actually perform the same quality of testing near you and I. Great. And can you bring that to life in terms of what what kind of patients is that going to be the most impactful for?
0: Absolutely. So an important piece, Alex, to the folks who are not really used to blood diagnostics or just the diagnostics industry in general, 70% of all clinical decisions, meaning decisions that doctors make, come from diagnostic testing. Uh, Yet 2% of the spend in the United States in in particular goes into diagnostic testing today. But when you think about blood testing, which is the foundational kind of sample used for any sort of diagnostic today, 40% of the U.S. population, and it's pretty much the same percentages, if not more, rest of the world, just do not adhere to their blood test order. So when a physician gives a blood test order and says, go get your blood test done, about 40% of the people just don't go do it. That implies about 50% of the population over time is walking around with a chronic condition they weren't aware of. Our goal is to really be able to ensure that we can address that adherence component, which is really driven by the friction-laden nature of centralized blood testing today. So we wanna be able to address that. We wanna be able to address the fact that today, if you went and got your annual blood test done, you get multiple tubes of blood drawn, and then they get shipped out to central labs for testing. And blood, like any biologic, deteriorates over time and distance. And so there's a quality implication to the fact that blood testing being centralized could introduce. And our goal is to be able to provide a platform that can be placed anywhere you go. So it could be in a corporate clinic, in a retail clinic, in a building, office building, in a school. Uh, Simple to use system that can be operated by someone who does not have to be a med tech. And it can allow you to actually perform blood testing your patient. And we need one tube of blood. So we actually need a, a lot less than one tube of blood. We need about eight drops or 300
1: microliters of blood to give you the annual blood test results. Can you describe what the patient experience is like when they use the Truvian diagnostic? Absolutely. So we're in
0: late stage development we're, when our products out in the marketplace. Uh, the journey you're going to take is going to be very different, uh, if you're a patient who would be tested on a trivial machine. So you'd be able to walk into a facility, either have your test, blood test scheduled or walk in and schedule your blood test right at the facility, have a blood order scheduled for you, get your blood drawn. It could be a standard phlebotomy. If there is a phlebotomist on site, or it could be using capillary devices that are in development today that can actually deliver about 300 to 400 microliters of blood, that blood, your one tube of blood is going to end up on a trivian machine. And while you're waiting to meet with your physician to go through your annual exam and your annual checkup, that blood result is being generated so that when you sit down with your physician, they actually have your blood results to sit down and discuss what actions you need to take with respect to your health. Today, most patients, including you and I, Never get that experience. We go into a physician's office and either our blood order is generated during the annual test, or we are required to take that blood test prior to getting to your annual test. And most of us don't adhere to it. Now you actually have the ability to get that information so that your physician can proactively sit down with you and you can get information necessary to manage your health better. And eventually, I believe that this will lead to steering patients away from having to end up in chronic care. So it's going to have a healthcare economic value. It's going to help us manage our health better. I feel like as you manage your health better, you're going to to be able to live healthier, happier lives. And then in the context of the entire ecosystem that surrounds blood testing today, we'll reduce over time the delivery, transportation, and so on associated with blood testing and bring it near patients. And because it is part of the journey that you take as you go to the office or go to a retail location, we will have implications over time on VSG as well. But if you take a step back and you think about big retailers and think about even Amazon, for example, so Amazon has primary care built in through their acquisition of One Medical. They have a pharmacy component through PillPack and now Amazon Pharmacy. But what's really missing is a diagnostic component that sits between and can be that connector so that you could actually go from primary care really understand what's wrong with the patient and be able to provide an appropriate therapeutic. And that's really how we see ourselves. We're a connector in the healthcare ecosystem.
1: Jay, I thank you for that. And I want to come back to go to market a little bit later and how you think about the different customer personas that you can approach. But I want to learn a little bit more about you. So you've had over 20 year career at in health innovation and you've worked at companies with revenues ranging from two billion up to 30 billion. We're talking about Abbott. Genmark Diagnostics, really impressive companies. Now, what was it about Truvian that attracted you? Why did you join this company?
0: That's a great question. I always get asked that because obviously these were blue chip companies themselves of their own accord and had accomplished a lot in terms of healthcare, innovation, and scale. I've been building diagnostic instruments and technologies for many years, as you said, but what I hadn't had the opportunity to do was really bring something that would seminally change how healthcare is dispensed globally. I've had the opportunity to live all over the world. And what I've learned, Alex, over that period is that healthcare is the fo- a foundational human right, but yet it's not available to many. And in certain parts of the world, it isn't even available if you had the money to pay for it, uh, which is why you end up with medical tourism and so on. And so, so I really felt that what Trugen presented was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me to be able to shake the foundations of how diagnostic testing, specifically blood testing, is done and be able to really participate in the journey and in this scenario, be able to lead that journey of change that's necessary for healthcare systems all over the world.
1: Great. So given your extensive experience in diagnostics and blood diagnostics, uh, we've got to talk about Theranos, right? So given your experience in this space, what are your reflections on that whole saga. I'd be really keen to hear your perspective. And then are there any lessons from that which you've applied in Shaping Trivian's approach? Absolutely. I think Theranos
0: got the thesis right. You know, that the need for disruption in blood diagnostics is real. It exists to this day. The market was right. The offer should really be in non-traditional healthcare settings, including retail, was a great thesis that Theranos had arrived at very early in their inception, and these two have actually over time really matured. So the thesis that blood diagnostics needs to be more consumer-facing and needs to occur in non-traditional environments, the pandemic just helped accelerate all of that. What we've done different from Theranos is that we really believe that experience is foundationally critical when you're trying to build anything in diagnostics, specifically in healthcare. So my co-founder and COO, Dina and I, and others that we've built around in the organization are really experienced diagnostic personnel who bring in a lot of capabilities that are necessary for us to launch a product that is first in its class and is going to be seminal in terms of its output in in the industry. The second is we truly believe engaging regulatory bodies early and often is necessary, and we've taken that. Rather tactful and deliberate approach with the FDA. We engage them through a process called a pre submission review process where they get a chance to really get our, our questions, our queries and provide us much required input in order to make sure that we can go through the regulatory pathway. We've built a board and scientific advisory board. Our board has got a lot of healthcare entrepreneurs and luminaries who've actually done both innovation and scale. And that's important for us as we think about like how do you really go to market? And our scientific advisory board I always state as our North Star. They're there to ensure that we are doing the things right and we're doing them in a manner that will ensure that we bring the right product to market. So we've taken all these steps along the way and it is tough building a novel product and there's a ton of engineering that needs to go to it we've been very deliberate in that journey. So over the last nine to 10 months, we've done multiple clinical studies. And these clinical studies are not the final FDA uh, clinical trial, but what they've done is helped us build the muscle memory we need to be able to do the FDA trial well. And they've also allowed us to field test the product in real-life settings doing IRB-approved clinical research studies, um, including one we just did at Health, the health conference in Vegas, where we were able to do an IRB-sponsored study enroll patients who were basically attendees at health and provide them what is the art of the possible, the fact that they could
1: get their blood results for an annual blood test in minutes versus days. Hmm. All right. So that's killing me that I didn't go to health. I would have loved to get my blood tested. That's so cool. How long does it take for the results to come back?
0: Yeah. So at health, we had the opportunity to to run a protocol that was slightly uh, a legacy protocol. But today we're able to give you an anti-annual blood test, which is a comprehensive metabolic panel a lipid panel your complete blood count basically a hematology test with a three-part diff tsh and hba one c for glucose we can do all of that under 30
1: minutes wow that's really amazing so you just talked a little bit about your regulatory approach at truvian And we have a lot of members of our audience that are part of earlier or mid-stage companies where they've got innovation, but they need to get it into the clinic, but they're thinking through their evidence generation journey, how they're going to approach trials, how they're going to engage regulators. I don't know if you've pursued any regulatory clearances overseas in Europe or otherwise, but just given your experience in this area, what advice would you give in terms to evidence generation and regulatory strategy for other entrepreneurs?
0: Absolutely. So we at Truvian are going to adopt a regulatory pathway that includes a traditional 510k submission because there are predicate devices that do exactly what we're doing. The tests we are doing are not novel. They're already reimbursable tests. What we're doing is we're bringing the technologies of three different instruments that would run these tests in a central lab today. We're bringing those technologies into an instrument no bigger than a desktop computer. So that's the innovation. We miniaturized three technologies, the immunoassay technology, the chemistry technology, and the hematology technologies, and we brought them into a single device. So we're going to pursue a 510k that is basically saying there are predicate devices and we're going to match them. And in our case, the predicate devices in question are central lab devices. So we're trying to match basically gold standards. We're going to follow up our 510k in parallel with what's called a Clio waiver. A Clio waiver would then allow us to place our product in settings where you don't need an advanced operator like an experienced med tech to run it. So we could typically place it in a physician office lab and have someone with minimal training that we provide be able to operate the instrument and the instruments and the workflows have to demonstrate from a human factors perspective that no errors can be generated when someone with less experience is able to run a system like ours. And so we've taken that route. And the way we've approached the FDA is Like I mentioned, we take what's called the pre-sub route. So we engage the FDA, and we've done that for years now, where we've engaged them early and often, get constant feedback from them on where we are, the questions we have, how we're tackling a specific novel aspect of our product. And we ensure that they're aware of exactly how we intend to, to eventually submit our data to the FDA. So when they know what the breadcrumbs look like in our journey, When they get to see the final outcome, they're able to actually connect the dots during the review process, and that's critical for any entrepreneur. I would strongly advise everyone to engage with the FDA and other regulatory bodies globally. And we're thinking of being obviously outside the United States, and we're engaging those bodies as well, be it in the UK and so on. And we will engage them with the intent that they're aware uh, of everything we do. We're going to be transparent. And when you think back about things that didn't go right in the industry, transparency was a key aspect. And we're, as Truvian, we model transparency in everything we do and continue to do that with our regulatory uh, participants and colleagues.
1: Yeah, so I'm hearing that you're benefiting from equivalency in terms of the what, but it's the how that's changing. It's the miniaturization, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, It's
0: the how and the where. Yeah. Um, so the how is changing because we're able to do it near a patient and and in a smaller device, and the where is because now we can place it anywhere you go and
1: you're no longer required to send these tubes
0: into a simple... Yeah, office. so an
1: entrepreneur needs to establish that. And then you can think of your comparison baseline, but it comes down to trials, because you're going to be looking at equivalency trials against the current gold standard. And then you're working with the FDA and regulator throughout that whole process and getting feedback on the approach. And then as you're working on protocol design and delivery and generation of evidence, you're working backwards from that endpoint. Absolutely. So I know you're in late stages, and when are you expecting to attain your FDA clearance?
0: Yeah, we're spending the next few uh, quarters in trying to finish the product, both from an internal quality uh, management perspective, where we need to do what's called design verification or testing of the product to its requirements. And we'll follow that with the clinical trial in
1: next year and the submission in the second half next year. And that's our current plan. Great. We'll be watching that space. Let's pop into the future and talk us through your commercialization strategy. So as you're thinking about go-to-market, what are going to be some of the first customer segments that you prioritize in terms of distribution? Do you know yet?
0: Absolutely. We've given thought to exactly how and where and what customers do we really tackle. And when we think about where the need exists the most today, it's the need where there have been storefront properties established by Carbon Health, by Forward by One Medical and so on, where there is primary care in place, there's access to pharmacy there, and that can be retail as well, like CVS and Walgreens. But corporate clinics is where we would start, and corporate clinics would include One Medical, Carbon and Forward, and others like them. And the intent there is to really be that connector between primary care eventually to the pharmacy. We would proceed concurrently with retail clinics as well, and those include the CVSs, the Walgreens of the world, uh, and, and physician office offices. And physician offices for us is an interesting market because it isn't a market where we would sell physician office by physician office. We would rather sell at an enterprise at a network level. And that affords us a scale and it reduces our footprint in terms of sales requirements. And so we wouldn't need as many feet on the street because of just enterprise sales model we would adopt across all the segments we pursue.
1: So thinking ahead to how these customer conversations will go, workflow is so important in healthcare. And you mentioned earlier that there's a new customer experience here, customer meaning the patient. I know it's complicated because they're not paying for it, but you're with me. And then you can go to the visit and you can have your blood sample taken and you can get a result in 30 minutes and you, you don't need to go anywhere. You can get the results read back to you and interpreted right then. But that's a very different workflow than what a physician would use today. And I know the clinic would come later, but even in a fee-for-service model, that additional visit can represent additional revenue for the clinic, right? And Of course, you can go value-based care and it'll be different when you're working with the corporates. But how do you think about the workflow of how labs are taken today and how Truvian can integrate? Absolutely.
0: So I think value-based care is picking up, as you mentioned, and I feel that the adjunct visits will come under further scrutiny. I think a great story for value-based care. And we're working, obviously, in parallel to generate health economic models to support that would be to really have a a slightly longer visit that captures both the assessment, the primary care assessment, as well as the diagnostic. And I believe that visit wouldn't be marginally two visits worth, but something that is a a visit and a half, for example. What it does provide is it allows the physician the opportunity to really demonstrate value-based care by actually being able to connect the visit with an outcome. And the outcome can be now tracked because one of the unique differentiators of our product is the ability to not only be able to collect this data, but also be able to provide a longitudinal baseline of performance, just like we do with fitness around blood data and its performance over time. And it's interconnects with things like variables and so on. So when we think about the digital ecosystem, we will orchestrate, we will be providing the tools necessary, I think, both for Patients and providers to be able to track health and understand how this sort of seminal annual visit becomes really important to managing care in earlier settings like primary versus later settings like acute. And so I think that would be how we would change it. And we're starting with, we will start with partners of the, of the kind I just mentioned, you know, corporations that have become basically self insured as well as retail clinics who are in our ecosystem already through both affiliations to really participate in the, in the journey with us and really define the
1: well. Jay, hardware is hard. In our industry, a lot of people tackle software for hardware. The development cycles are longer. You need more capital. I know you're in late stages now, but. Can we rewind the clock a little bit and hear a little bit about the zero to one story? It'd be great to hear more about how Truvian ensures the technology is accurate and reliable. And You already talked about the validation and the trials, but more from a technology and a science perspective and anything you can do to share the story of how those innovations were generated would be very interesting.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, so a little bit about the, the backdrop of Truvian. So Truvian was started by a few entrepreneurs on the healthcare side as well as on the tech side. And interestingly, the reason they even chanced upon the healthcare side, because the original co-founders were on the tech side, was that they came across a need in retail that was being highlighted to them, a need for healthcare to be available in retail. And this is around the time that Theranos was in play as well, as a company that was an upcoming company. And so this is interesting times. And when that happened, initial vision for Trubian included potentially a kiosk. You know, we will we will be some sort of a kiosk company, hopefully in the future. But what it then translated into is how do you do blood testing and what are the key elements or components that would ensure that you could aggregate a lot of the blood tests that are required in a typical doctor's visit and required for patients to, to really manage their health. And so when the analysis started about trying to understand those market needs, we ended up determining we needed a product that could do all three of these technologies, the chemistry, the amino acid, the hematology, in the single machine. Then the real challenge started is how do you take a machine, three machines, and three potentially diverse technologies and merge them into one, but right, coalesce them into one. And so that's where the rubber hits the road, as they say, happened for us. It was the aha moment because now we needed to figure out a way to really position these three technologies, orchestrate, these three hardware components within using software and firmware and other components to glue them together to deliver results. So we're delivering basically 34 results of a a single draw of 300 microliters of blood, which is 8 drops of blood, in less than 30 minutes. So how do you get all of those things to happen? So what we determined was we will make some early bets around optics, we'll make some early bets around machine vision and that translated eventually for us to really build some deep learning and some other ML software that can allow us to use vision to capture what's being read when these reactions happen, whether it's a chemistry reaction, a dodgy reaction, or an immunoassay reaction, and then be able to translate that to an operational result that is the final number that gets reported and gets compared against the goal standards. We hit some roadblocks along the way, and one of them was when COVID hit, we couldn't get access to parts and we couldn't really get the supply chain going. And so we had to really innovate, even in, in our chemistry technologies, about how do you really do with what you got and be able to carry the product forward. Chemistry for us is where we've done most of our innovations outside of hardware and software We take common standard chemistry that have already been proven in the market today that exist on other platforms, and we found a way to stabilize them so that they can allow us to keep our consumables in retail locations at ambient temperature. So that was an important innovation. And so that's a combination of patents as well as methods and trade secrets that really drive that. And the other trade secret and patent we have is around how do you really take a a single tube of blood? where more than one tube is necessary in today's standard of care. So you need what's called a lithium heparin tube and an EDTA tube. The lithium heparin is used for chemistry and immunoassays, and the EDTA tube is used for hematology. And we actually found a way to use a single lithium heparin tube to do both the chemistry immunoassay, but also the hematology. So we did innovations like this on the chemistry side to de-risk the hardware. And then we made some innovations on the hardware side to keep consumable as low cost as we can. So our consumable is nothing but plastics. It can be made anywhere, it can be made at scale. And because we have a razor blade model, most of our revenues are going to come from our consumables. And so we've kept the consumable costs low and we've used machine vision to even detect glitches in, in manufacturing. We can detect those in our consumables early and be able to really process this or test and still give good results by knowing exactly whether the test is right or wrong to even proceed. But once we know that we can pass the consumable, we're able to now provide accurate results from a given consumable kit. So these were all innovations at hardware, software, reagents and consumables, and even innovations in manufacturing is how we got here. And it's rough. It's been a rough ride, but it's been a good one.
1: It doesn't sound easy. It's fascinating because it's a device and it performs its diagnostic function. But really, the business and the scaling is coming from supply chain and quality control and distribution. That's really interesting. Your team must be wildly diverse. So you've got engineers, you've got chemists, you've got computational biologists and computer vision people, supply chain. Uh, How do you motivate all these people? What best practices and perspective do you have? on hiring, retaining, and developing great talent? Because you need to attract people from such a diverse range of fields and then motivate them to stay around and be contributing at their best. So how do you do that?
0: Yeah, It's a great question. I'm one who's always believed a lot in kind of leadership being one of the most core components everyone needs. So for starters, we only attract leaders. And that's what I say. So leadership's not a title leadership's uh, a quality that you embody and I must say I always say this very proudly I have the, the best team in the world and so we've hired well but what really helps any team is a mission our mission is to change the world of blood diagnostics it's a mission that has a very hard and high bar to o- overcome and you can be faint-hearted doing it so that's the other component of how we've gone about hiring people um because of the diversity in our teams, uh, what we are able to do is also bring diversity in ideas. It's not uncommon for us to see an algorithm engineer having an opinion on chemistry or a chemist having an opinion on software or hardware and so on. And, and just being able to hear everyone out in these settings creates and being able to provide an environment where people can be heard creates a very unique kind of uh, melting pot of ideas. The best idea must win that's always been our credo, uh, and that's how we run our business. So, you know, it's never mine or any of the senior leaders who really drive it. has got to be the best one. And if the best one ends up being from the junior most person on the organization, we're the first ones to adopt it. And so that culture is really permeated across the org, and I feel like that's helped drive it. The last piece I will say is, like every org, we have our challenges. But what I've always seen is when tough times come exactly who's around you and in our case we have the entire work just pull up these blocks and work on it and we've seen some of these tough times over the last few months and they've never backed down that's the greatest thing and we do a lot of hard work we play hard we work hard we play hard and what's even incredible is this team is pretty quick-witted outside of work and and very collegial outside of work and get together really well as people as colleagues. And that's always great because once you've got a spirit and a culture that does that, then coming into work is like going into any other part of your life and, and it doesn't don't have to be so hard to
1: do. Jay, I've been at Amazon for five years and before Amazon, I worked for 10 years in startups. And something that I love about this podcast is seeing common threads between successful startup culture and core Amazonian culture. There's differences in scale, of course, but There really are some things that that kind of trade across and so we have these leadership principles and these are the things that would be called values or value statements but i just kid you not these things are embedded in every aspect of day-to-day work you just you can't be here for a year and not know them by heart and you're telling that story and i just wanted to read one so we have a leadership principle called ownership and leaders are owners they think long-term and they don't sacrifice long-term value for short-term results they act on behalf of the entire company beyond just their own team. They never say, that's not my job. Uh, you know, and it, it really sounds like you've created an environment where people really espouse that and you're tackling a really hard problem. So that's what it takes.
0: Absolutely. We do use the Amazonian credo as well as other credos just as backdrop. Mm. We have 10 values. They go zero to nine. They go to zero because just a tribute to my culture that invented zero and the fact that. Mm. Having done software for years, I believe everything starts at zero. So you got to get, and zero is how you build the number system. So I wrote these 10 values in LinkedIn. But what was interesting is those 10 values matter a lot to a lot of my leaders as well. And the first value, which is zero values integrity, you always do the right thing, irrespective of who's in the room. And that really drives that owner's mindset that you talked about, right? So people need to sometimes we do a good job adhering to it sometimes we don't but as long as we understand that we will always do the right thing irrespective of who's in the room you are an owner by default because it's your money it's your risks and it's your rewards and when you take that mindset this company is no longer a company that you come in to work for it is yours every day and and that's what i that's what i want to see in in the dna of the company and that's what i tend to see slowly emerging in every new person in the end gets merged into
1: the culture. Mm. Jay, what's your ambition for the next few years? What goals do you have for the team?
0: Yeah, I I think our first goal obviously is to bring this product to market. Our goal is to really build a business that can provide equitable, affordable, and accessible care across the world. I I truly believe the world needs it. The world's going through its challenges uh, even as we speak. And I feel the most uh, important thing as, as it's becoming evident in every everything that happens in the world today is health and, and well-being. And I think being able to contribute to that matters to me, matters to the company, matters to our people. And then I think we really want to build a company that's going to be beyond a healthcare diagnostic company. We won't be a company that also provides an insight, a rich insights company, a company that provides uh, and drives database decisions in healthcare. And foundationally, if we're able to do that and we're able to do it well, we will be able to address what is becoming very, uh, it's an insurmountable challenge now for every healthcare economy, which is how do you really pay for healthcare? Uh, and I feel like as we get better at doing what we're doing, which is creating good diagnostic solutions, and then we bet, get better at understanding the data that comes out of these solutions and how we make good decisions, I think eventually being able to really drive Better, better healthcare policy and better healthcare decisions is where I think we want to see the company grow. So over time, I'd like to see us really be the focal point around which we make good ideas and good decisions around.
1: Jay, let's go deeper on that. Can you talk to me about the state of lab data today after I have a blood assay and how that data changes in a world where Truvian is the diagnostic that's being used to generate the results? and where the benefits are going to come from. Because now I can appreciate that if it's easier to take and process a sample, that you can take samples more often. And so the interpolation in the time series is going to become more rich. And if you pull in data from the EHR or or other data sources, that it could become a more useful biomarker than it is today. But what's your vision for this? And how does it compare to what we have today?
0: Great question. So we always think about this, though, I always want us focused on getting the product right now, the platform right first, but here's how we would distinguish ourselves over time. But today's um, blood diagnostics, so when you get our blood drawn and it goes, physician puts an order in into the system, even to start the blood draw process, it's an order for a set of tests that gets sent from the EMR to a lab information system. And that lab information system in a central lab basically sends it out to all the instruments that need to process lab, lab uh, tests. And then eventually they get brought back into the lab information system and then into the EMR. And perhaps if you have mobile access, they end up on your phone. What What our system will do is completely obviate the need for any of that lab information system infrastructure, because you could directly go from the EMR back to the instrument. So Data is just like every other signal, right? It also attenuates over time and distance. And as you said, and I always say that big data exists because good data doesn't. And our goal is that we will basically reduce the number of hops on data to get to just achieve our performance to get the data from our instrument. But then, because it's rich and because it's not, it's, it does not have any noise associated with it. We would be able to combine this data with other rich data that's actually available but not being tracked with blood data, like wearable data, your biometrics and so on. Um, the ability to then bring in additional data sets that are cleaner to begin with would be our next pathway before we go seek out HR records, legacy HR mm. records. The challenge with legacy HR records is that already what I constitute almost bad data because they're they have they're a big data problem, right? Because they you have to do a lot of cleansing to understand the context. We're hoping that we can build more contextual data near near origin and then use that to really drive a richer insights-based decision-making kind of framework. And so that's how we intend to think about data in general. And then when what we want to do is take this data and be able to make decisions. For example, if I had my biometric data, I have my blood data. And I was doing this quarterly, say I had a subscription to just get a quarterly blood testing done. I could then aggregate this data, and now I become a potential cohort candidate for, say, a clinical trial, because I'm either a normal patient or I have a patient with a specific, you know, condition. So that allows pharma- pharmaceutical companies that allows drug companies to really now target you or, or me for personal data that allows us to then be participants in trials that can improve the quality of care without necessarily having to generate that separately or try to mine it out of all the data that exists in the world. So we want to be able to be participants in the healthcare ecosystem to support pharm- pharmaceutical companies, to support payers and others so that we can become eventually, again, a nexus, a connector to all the uh, the stakeholders in today's healthcare system.
1: That's hugely exciting. So Jay, I'm in London, and it's getting toward the end of the day, and it's dark and cold outside. I don't know if you spend much time here, but this is the time of year where you you basically live for your next vacation to Spain. My wife and I need to figure that out. So when we wrap and you go to the beach where it's warm, and by the way, I'm extremely jealous of you, uh, and you think back on our conversation, what question are you going to wish that I had asked you? Yeah,
0: I think the question I, I believe that I'd be interested from hearing from you is when you think about a company like Truvian, and you think about all that happens in healthcare today, what do you see as a patient, uh, a stakeholder in the system? What do you see as a missing capability or a missing quality that's required to make your life simpler and your patient journey simpler? Now you have to answer it. Ah. So I, I've lived the journey of a patient and an irrational one at that in terms of how I've done my blood testing. How I've done my, my kind of health, uh, how I've managed my own health. And what I've found is that there are preconditions I'm going to have. And those come genetic, they come from stuff that sequencing can potentially help me with. There is how I manage my, my lifestyle, how many hours I put in, how many hours I sleep, what I eat, how much I exercise and so on. And what I've found is that there isn't a, a, a digital twin a coach, a lifestyle coach for me, who actually can provide me insights that help me have a better life and a, and a happier life as as I go through my life. And what I believe that both Trubian and partners and our ecosystem would provide is the ability to create digital healthcare twins. And I feel like having that coach, having that digital healthcare twin who basically is the other half of me, perhaps the good half of me that motivates me to do all the things necessary to stay healthy and avoid partaking of, of expensive care when I get older it becomes really important. And I think that's the journey I believe I'm on, the companies on, and other companies who, who really want to change the healthcare system are on. And we just want, obviously, participation, support from the masses around the world who believe in similar ideas and are like-minded really make this happen because it's going to take a revolution from the ground up to really change healthcare
1: global. Jay Srinivasan, thank you so much for joining us today. That was a great conversation. I learned a lot about diagnostics. I hope our audience enjoyed it too. Can't wait to see what comes from Truvian and thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, thanks a lot, Lex. It was wonderful chatting. Thanks for joining us today for the AWS Health Innovation Podcast. If you want to get in touch with AWS, please check out our show notes where you can find a link. If you enjoy the podcast, the best way to support us is to share it with your colleagues and friends. We also really appreciate your reviews and ratings wherever you listen to podcasts. We love hearing feedback from our listeners, so please don't hesitate to get in touch. Again, you'll find all the details in our show notes. See you next week.